Hey guys, Will here, just putting in a quick trigger warning regarding rape and suicide. If these are topics you'd like to avoid, please skip to the next episode. If you or a loved one are experiencing depression or suicidal thoughts, if you just need to talk, I will be linking Crisis Counselor Text Line, National Sexual Assault Hotline, Hotline for Suicide Prevention, and LGBT Crisis in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope y'all are doing okay. So this is the part where the the intro song would be playing, and now I say, welcome back to Words Are Hard, and uh, finally I have uh, a guest on the podcast this week, and I'm really excited, and do you want me to use your full name, or do you just want me to use your first name, or do you want to use an alias, or... I mean, we can go with Lynn. I'm Lynn. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Everyone say hi to Lynn. I'm just going to put like an audio track in where everyone's clapping in the background. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I I turned my, my camera around because I was nervous, but I'm I'm back. I feel I feel like I'm ready now. What if I just start staring at you? Will that make it worse? Probably. It's terrifying. <laughs> I don't I don't like to be the center of attention, but like. But I let's my own have podcast, your own so podcast. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what Libras do, right? I don't know. I don't know anything about astrology, really. Leos do something. <laughs> that's for sure. Um. Oh, I forgot I had notes. So this week, um, I asked Lynn if she would watch the pot the podcast. If she would watch the I've never seen an episode. Netflix called. <laughs> uh, if she would watch the uh, oh my god the documentary on Netflix called Disclosure about trans people in media and how it affects not just trans people but all people like all media affects the way that we think and perceive not just the world around us and others, but how we perceive ourselves and uh, our effect on the world. And it was a really good documentary. I have now seen it, I think, four times. (laughs) And I plan on, this is not, I plan on seeing it at least once or twice more because I'm going to make my mom watch it. um, Just watch it every weekend. It's your, your Sunday film. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to be able to recite every word in the entire thing. <laughs> I, I like how when I told you to watch it, too, I was like, oh, it's like an hour long. And then I put it on that night, and I was like, oh, an hour and 47 minutes. Okay, all right. I, I <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. Um, yeah, well, I watched it, so. It couldn't have been that how bad. Ago, how long ago was it that you watched it? Because we were planning on filming, like... A week ago, I think. Yeah, it was I probably when we originally watched it. I probably did watch it about a week ago, give or take. But I can't say I have it up, and I'm refreshing my mind as we kind of go through this. So I will be Same. educated. I swear. <laughs> Bear with well, see, me. Okay. So later today, um, my friend Theo was going to record with me, and I also asked him to watch Disclosure, and. We were just generally going to talk about trans things because we're both trans, but I thought it would also be interesting to have Lynn on so that we could talk about trans. Because me and Lynn talk about issues all the time. Just for the record, I am not trans, (laughs) and I was almost replaced, but that would have been okay. Almost replaced by, like, I almost replaced you? By Theo. And that's okay because, honestly, Theo deserves to be in the spot way more than me. 
No, I'm I, just honored. I actually was thinking that I would do, I would do like, I was gonna name these episodes the Transcast or something. Part one and part two. So part one is going to be with a cis person, and then <laughs> part two is going to be with a trans person, and we can kind of compare the differences in how the conversations go. And I'm not I'm not saying that you know one is going to be better than the other, but I'm I like these these are lose. my experiences when I talk to my friends. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I I no, I think that's awesome. I think that's a really really cool idea. I'm here for it. I think. Because I've also, as you know, I've been watching the show since eight, where <laughs> um, it was written by the Wachowski sisters, and so I've literally just binge watched that. And last week, I was going to do a separate podcast on just that show, and I have just had trans issues on the forefront of my mind for some reason. I guess because it's just nice sometimes to see myself in things that I watch. Even if I still haven't seen a trans guy to save my life. But I I think when I watching Disclosure, I realized that there are a lot of movies that I haven't seen that maybe I should have, like Boys Don't Cry. And Wow, um, you've never seen that movie? I've never seen Boys Don't Cry. I've never seen The Crying Game. I've never seen Victor Victoria. Um, but when I think trans movies, I think Tu Wong Fu uh, with, with Love or whatever it is, with Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and... Right. Oh, I can't remember the other guy's name. So in other I words, guess, we're uh, going to be back with more movies. Yeah, I hope so. Cause Part two, cause boys like, don't cry. We sh- I don't know if I could... I'd probably have to pay for that movie. I think that's why I picked Disclosure, because I don't have to... I don't pay for we're either cheap, of the Netflix okay. accounts that I use. <laughs> Can we it's just okay, talk about because that for a neither do I. Let's see, I have... <laughs> Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. I don't pay for any of them. Yeah. Well, Disney Plus is only like seven bucks, right? Which is why they're still charging people $30 to watch Mulan. Did you see that? I Mulan did. is going to. And yeah. I, I understand because let's be, you know, COVID and might as well. It's yeah, the movie theater movie prices. Premieres, so they've got to have to make their money somehow. But also. No, 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 Disney. No. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. yeah. Don't be Disney. mean. <laughs> well, Disney <laughs> and Nickelodeon both are just like. Because lately I've been falling down the hole of like um, the child molester producers that they employ. Oh, so, this is a whole another subject. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast just on that shit. Like it is insane, and it is We're less disgusting. Than ten minutes in, and, and I feel we are so already bad. on a completely other topic. <laughs> I know. I just feel so bad for like, I mean, basically all the girls that I grew up watching on Nickelodeon Disney Channel. <laughs> like, I honestly also wouldn't be surprised if like Miley Cyrus came out one day and said Miley, she was sexually expose the Disney Corporation. Please. Finally. Please do it. It's it's about time. I mean, I don't know how many times Disney has been exploited, not exploited, um, exposed, but they've survived all of them, obviously. Because it's fucking... They're still opening Disneyland in the middle of a fucking pandemic. They don't fucking care. They yes. don't fucking care. <laughs> um, I may okay, be so... a Floridian, but I haven't been to Disney in over 15 years. I've never been to Disney, either of them. Do you want do you want to go to Disney one day? I'll take you. 
I don't know. It's been so long since I've even been to a uh, an amusement park. I honestly could not tell you the last time that I went to one because I've never been to any of the ones that were in Colorado. Honestly, they're expensive. They are. Like they used, Disney I mean, I thought they were expensive these, like, before. Florida resident, you know, discounts and all this shit. But it's like, girl, that ain't a discount. That's fucking. That's the price it takes for me to park the car in the parking lot. Yeah, I remember it used to be like thirty bucks just to park. It used to be it used to be eighty dollars for a season pass, or like a hundred a hundred dollars for a ticket for the day per person. So we would used we used to get the season passes for everybody. That was like the first ID that I ever had, really. Besides my school ID, was this season pass to Six Flags. <laughs> And oh I remember loving it so much because I had my really long, like, Justin Bieber hair. And I looked so much like a guy in my <laughs> Six Flags season pass. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I am going to use this for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> 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 um, so let's let's finally get into disclosure. Now, I want to, first of all, just highly recommend watching it. It's on Netflix, if you have a Netflix subscription, like, 95% of the entire planet. Um, and I think what really what really interested me from the beginning of the, the movie was about how in the first... Uh, in the first movie, I think... Ever, not in the first movie ever, but in the movie where they... I don't okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I gotta like look at it. Here Basically trans people have been in the media since the beginning of movies. since let's be realistic, they've been around just as long as fucking blackface has in film. Yeah. And, and I mean I that's, think that's can we just go ahead and um touch on this real fast because I wasn't aware, if you will, that okay, so we know that blackface in film was used as, as comedy, if you will. It was looked at as nothing more than a comedy sketch. Right. Well, trans people in media were the same, and I didn't know that. They were the butt of the joke. They were people dressed up and made a mockery of trans people to something else to laugh at, if you will. Which was kind of eye-opening to me, as somebody who didn't know I mean, let's be really I, the the first trans person that I can ever really remember seeing in media, right in my face, was Laverne Cox in Orange Is the New Black. I mean, yes, there were you know maybe if you want to consider like Max from the L Word and things like that, but oh my god, I, I still Max from the L Word. I still like I wouldn't consider that as a character that's just been broadcasted and shoved in your face. Like, here is the star, if you will. Leverin right. Cox, on the other right. hand, she was all over the media. And she was plastered as, you know, this look who we have in our show, which is awesome. Well, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Leverin Cox is actually a trans woman. For and sure. I, like, and her character... I... I mean, I don't know for sure, but I would assume her character was in a way written around who she is in a sense. You know, obviously the whole fact that she's in jail was added to fit the show. But, like, 
I never felt for a moment that Laverne Cox was really playing anyone else but herself. And I'm not saying that as a, as a criticism, like people usually would, like, oh, they just play themselves and everything. But I think that's why she was so loved, because she was the same way off the screen as she was on the screen. <clears throat> it was like, also a sense of authenticity, if you will. Like, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Michelle Rodriguez, didn't she play a trans character in some movie of hers? She got, I don't remember what movie it was, but yeah, and she was like, her her and Scarlett Johansson have the same stance about it. They're like, it's acting, I'm supposed to play parts. And like, they just... And you Literally, know, I, let's I be real. They're, they're, they are a hundred and ten percent correct. You, as an actor, do nothing but play parts. But why do you have to play a part when there are a hundred, if not thousands, of actual trans actors and actresses that could play the part ten times better? Sorry, I just kept hearing random noises from the walls your house Um, is haunted well and yeah that's kind of like the i just want to say that i don't respect scarlett johansson at all anymore ever since she said like still to this day defends harvey weinstein oh no Um, not at all and these these characters these these (laughs) actors who say or defend like playing trans roles at the end of the day would never defend playing blackface because they know that it's wrong and they know that it's that blackface was created to create a stereotype of black people and demean them and diminish their their value and like but they don't see cis people playing trans characters as the same way because they see trans people themselves as people playing dress up they well, and that's by the accepting a role and playing a trans character as a cis person, you are thereby saying, "I don't think that trans people are valid because no, they're not no actually transitioning. They're just playing a role." Yeah, it's no different than when I've seen it in plenty of shows. Hell, I think I've even like the one that's coming to mind is How I Met Your Mother, where the joke is a man dressed as a woman whether it's for to get the job right. or to be at a all women facility or something that's the joke it's the big haha look at this guy who's very clearly a man dressed in a wig and a pink dress that's way too you know small for him essentially i feel like that's yeah. that's, that's been portrayed so many times and it's such a honestly, common, I'm, I'm it's, tired it's a trope. of it. I'm bored. <clears throat> I'm bored of it too, which is why I got so enveloped in Sense Eight, and I I really don't want to dive too deep into it on this podcast because it's the but authenticity like, of it all. Right. It's it's well, and it's one thing for a cis person to try and create a good trans character. It's another thing. So if you remember in Disclosure, they in, they actually do interview, um, I believe it's Lena Winchowski, and she and her sister wrote the trans character Nomi in Sense8, she said, as a vehicle to then basically cope with her own experience as a trans woman. 
she created this character out of thin air to then deal with her own experience instead of finding a character and then relating to them she created a character that she could actually relate to and that to me is so powerful and it it makes me feel empowered that I can go out and I can create trans characters. I don't, I don't have to wait for someone to do it for me. And I can go out and I can create a podcast and I have all this power and I didn't even realize it. And I think it's kind of like, I remember having a conversation with someone about like black empowerment and how white people are so always so encouraged to overcome and to push forward and all this other stuff. But black people are never encouraged to take the same route or route like no one empowers anyone but white people most of the time and if you if you respect yourself the same way a cis white heterosexual man respects himself then you're going to get a lot farther than if you just saw yourself in the same eyes as a as like a like um what what is it called um like internalized racism or internalized transphobia is like so real and so ingrained and so deep within us. And I mean, like, it doesn't matter who you are. If you are in a marginalized group, like you as a cis woman are still marginalized in some way, even though you're white, even though you're cis, like, like if you walked into a boardroom, you're still going to be told to shut the fuck up because you're a woman. And like, that's still something that you internalize like saying sorry if you have to ask for something or like moving out of the way when you're walking down the street because a man is coming towards you. Like these are all things that were just bump into that man and you tell him to shut up. You just, you just walk your fist right into his (laughs) fucking face. (laughs) Uh, That's like, I actually, sorry. This, this fist has a mind of its own. Well, even the whole internalized misogyny thing, like the other day, well, so think I was socialized as a woman right so I still have this problem where I say sorry all the time and I I literally <laughs> the other day my coworker Chris elbowed me and I didn't say sorry because it, he I didn't ask for him to say sorry because he elbowed me I said sorry I walked my <laughs> body into your elbow I literally said that and I I didn't even think about it until right now but that's such a weird fucking thing to think essentially isn't it like cis guys yeah. never think that type of shit i mean i assume not i don't know i'm not a cis guy maybe if we all were <laughs> but, all white cis men the world would be a better place <laughs> <laughs> that's what they all oh want God. from us just give oh. it to them so <clears throat> That'd be really funny, weird concept. Follow, just hear me out. Is if, like, when Hitler was like, I want everyone to have blonde hair, blue eyes, instead of killing everyone else, he just had them transition. (laughs) (laughs) He had all the women transition into men. He had all the black people bleach their skin. Like, it could have been way different. Dye our hair. And if, (laughs) honey, if your roots were showing, get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. See, I would, I would get killed because my roots were showing. Did Hitler have brown hair and brown eyes? I'm pretty sure he did. At least in all the black and white video, his hair was not white. It's just the like two my guy. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want? It doesn't make sense. Hitler didn't. 
<laughs> I don't even want to get into politics Good. about this, to be honest. That's I'm a not whole the co-host to be having that. But oh, I actually I wanted to because um, they did talk about Caitlyn Jenner in Disclosure yeah. a little bit, and like a lot of the trans women they interviewed in the documentary were involved with I Am Kate, and I. How long ago was that? Was that I think it was 2015 when Caitlyn came out, and um, I remember like waiting for the because he did an interview with Katie Couric, I think, right? Or was it Martha Stewart? <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't I Martha was, Stewart. I think she was too busy. No, it was uh, Diane. Child, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, Martha Stewart's pretty lit. I'm not gonna lie. You're not, you're today. not I'm burping. But, um, no, I remember watching that interview. I was, I was like really tripping on acid Yikes. that day and it took us like seven hours to watch the entire interview cause we kept pausing it to talk about it. Like, cause I didn't really know who Caitlyn Jenner was before. Like I just knew her as like Kim Kardashian's parent. And so I learned all this stuff about the masculinity that she used to represent. And then to have her just come out kind on of national out of, television, out of prime time nowhere, national television, too, might I add. It was just literally one out day. of nowhere. It's like when Beyonce yeah, just dropped just an album with nothing, no, no, no notice. <laughs> one to the other and people were just like blindsided. And I think that's, I think that's part of the reason why it had such an impact that it did because not only was it like a almost like a inspiring moment for those in the trans community and they were like yes you know tell your story we're ready to hear you we're embracing you with open arms but then you also had i guarantee you white cis men who were sitting there like almost feeling almost feeling betrayed like how dare you betray this masculinity you're a man and you should be so proud to be one and now you're just betraying all of us and throwing it away and it's like i hate that so much that sentiment right there that you said that you you should love being a man because in in disclosure there's this scene from the l word where what's her face is telling max that she's that uh, max is giving up the most precious thing in the world which is being a woman that I have okay. No one has ever told me anything like that, but for some reason, that concept angers me so much because being a woman may be the most precious thing in the world. I mean, I get it. They're trying, but it is the thing that makes me want to kill myself. Almost as a you know, love who you are, love the you know the body that you were born with, and love who you what you've been given, and all these things. But it's not even about that, honestly. They, they they try to make it seem that way, but there's it ha- is <laughs> well and that's that's what the one guy said. It was like they were trying to create a female empowerment message through a trans how it character, is. which is like really insulting because it's invalidating his transness for the sake of female empowerment that he should love his body and he's just a misogynist yeah, because no, he don't. doesn't. It what makes the fuck absolutely is zero that? sense. But you also have to think about the L word, whether or not it wants to try to portray itself as this huge LGBT inclusive 
show. It is so, it's so toxic. toxic. And it is so, so lesbian-centered so- that it almost shits on everything else, if you will. It does. It even shits on bisexuality. Like the whole thing with Tina falling in love with a man after her and her and and Beth Beck. Completely. I can't remember her name. Again, just betraying her other females and her her lesbianism is being just thrown out the window. And it's such an insult. And (laughs) Bet. I. Chill. And what fucks me up is that even. Because you and I were probably what, like. 16 or 17. First time I think I watched the L word, I was probably 14 or 15. I I watched it late. Uh, The first time I watched it was like right before I transitioned. Like literally, I think I stopped watching the L word and like three months later, I came out out. Because I started watching it when I moved to Colorado. And then the summer that year, I actually came out even though looking back at like receipts i literally started transitioning but i don't think that i knew that that's what i was doing and i don't think that i knew that there was a word for what i was doing even though i knew someone who was transitioning female to male i just didn't realize that that's what i was i don't i i don't even know what i'm saying I don't even know what, because I can't believe I don't remember that period of my life. And, like, I remember thinking before I, I actually came out, out, it was like, you know, after my dad dies and my mom dies, I'm going to move away from everyone I know, and then I'm going to be whoever I feel like I need to be, and no one can call me a freak because no one's going to know me, and I'm not going to have any friends. Like, that was how I thought my life was going to go. And so I think now living as a 25-year-old trans man, it's very difficult for me to, like, look towards the future because for, like, literally 90% of my life, I never thought I would get this far and be who I am right now. So I'm constantly trying to figure out... And I'm trying to seek out other trans people and look at their lives and how they've lived and realizing... I'm, I'm realizing that I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, just because I'm trans doesn't mean I can't do Well, it's shit. almost <laughs> kind of like, I know they kind of touched base on this in Disclosure, but it's almost hard to recognize what's going on with yourself when you don't even know that exists, essentially. So when you finally see something that's yeah. representative of yourself on the big screen, it's almost like, wow... You know, I'm 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 valid in this. You know, I I'm not alone. I'm I'm not going crazy. I'm not just overreacting and thinking that you know something out of pulling it out of my ass, if you will. It's it's real. It's valid, and I can do this with support. So I have um, a question for you because me and Lynn have known each other since. Long before I transitioned. We were babies. As she knows very well, I was the (laughs) biggest, fattest fucking lesbian in the world. Like, I spent so much time being a lesbian. That is not even funny. And um, I guess I just want to ask you, like, what 
the question I the first question I have is when I first came out to you, what was your very first thought? Like <laughs> when I I don't know if I texted you. I, or I don't what, remember what it how was. you came out. I guess if you will to me. Um. All yeah. I remember thinking is, oh yeah, sick. Fucking, it's about time. Like, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was, was like, my dad's right, reaction it's fucking too. sick. Let's do this. I feel like that was a like, lot of people's reactions. What do you reactions. need from me? I just, I think that I feel like a lot of people knew before I, think I that's did. That's the way it happens, and most of the time. Well, I just don't. Like I've I've seen a lot of like trans men specifically who before they transitioned they were either completely like feminine and like you would never guess it or there was this very short period of time where they were they were like non-binary and then they realized oh no like I or like there there are a lot of people who knew they were trans and wanted to transition but were too afraid to so they like became hyper feminine and i just that is so the opposite you know, of my it's experience it's funny that you mentioned that because and I, my experiences are completely different and you know maybe you can tell me whether or not this is something that's almost stereotypical because i feel like <clears throat> it is but my experiences with well, trans men specifically, um, ones that I know personally. Well, yeah, it's, it's a lesbian (laughs) thing that their masculinity shows. It's as simple as that. It, whether it's, you know, super butch by the end or, you know, just full on, just threw their femininity out the window. You, you knew, Right. Or maybe they, you know, just a tomboy or whatever, but eventually it's like when they transition, it's like, oh, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Like, oh, like, like, like my ex, I, I was in like a, a long-term yeah. lesbian relationship for years with a woman who was pretty transphobic, let's be honest here. She she, she was 110% she transphobic. Liter- sorry. I- and then... Ended up being tr- trans. He ended up transitioning, and yeah, he, he is trans now, and <laughs> I have a lot of resentment. Particularly for the transphobic uh, behaviors that were placed towards you for you know transitioning before him, I guess. Yeah, for like literally being your friend and being <laughs> trans and existing. <laughs> like I was called it. I can't tell you how many fucking times I was called disgusting. I was called like, just like, I have almost, I don't think I have ever experienced as much transphobia as I experienced. Would it be fair to say that most transphobia? You know, I'm glad they found who they are and he's transitioning and all this great stuff. I hope they're happy now. I hope they've dealt with a lot of the shit, but they've also, he's also done Mm -hmm. a lot of shit to a lot of people. And like, I don't know if any, if, 
you know, it's up to every individual person to say whether or if not If you're it's watching, I hope but you're... But, like, um, I don't forgive you for your transphobia because you haven't fucking said sorry uh, If you just so happen to be watching this, I'm sure you know who you are by now. And, um... <laughs> Uh, William needs an apology, and if, um, if, we hope you're educated. Is all we gotta say. We hope you're educated. Yeah, I hope you are not out there treating. And I hope nobody is treating you that way, especially either. Now that you are trans, because that would yeah, be shitty. Honestly, no one deserves that kind of trauma. Um. Yeah, I. Oh my god, there's so many like trans things that I could talk about. And what I I think when I when I say trans things, it's kind of like being a lesbian, but you were so jealous when a girl would like a guy. Not because you're biphobic, but because he has a penis and you don't. And you don't know why you're so angry about that, but it it eats you to your core and it keeps you awake at night. And you're like, why am I not good enough? If I had a penis, I would be good enough. And then later you realize, oh, that's that that's because I'm trans. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, I don't. Would you I don't say feel that way anymore? Though it's a fair assessment, if you will, that. Okay, while you're looking at um, cis men and in general, before before one transitions, it's almost resentment and clear jealousy mixed in. To, yeah. Would you say it's fair to assume that they would then adapt those same traits that they expect, you know, almost like learned observation? Um, you mean like how trans guys react sometimes can, so, sorry, I <laughs> kind of zoned in and out of that question. I just want to clarify that this is what you're asking me is the reason why s- trans guys act like cis guys sometimes. You're, is that yes and you're no. Like, so for example, my, my clear, my literally, <laughs> my <are> clear <laughs> image <clears throat> that I can, um, kind of just pop out real fast is um so you know how when max going back to the l word max and the l word finally transitions finally starts t goes you know through hormone therapy and is starting the the whole process and then turns into the biggest fucking dick ever and of course you know the writers were trying to make it seem like it was a product of the testosterone and it's nothing more than the hormones you know getting to him and all this shit but there was a clear part of Max, or at least from what I saw, that was almost trying to adapt the behaviors that he's witnessed other men having. So for going back to my question, yes, let's oh say, God. you know, random person X who hasn't transitioned yet is at a bar with a bunch of people and sees cis white men, you know, sitting here like, hey, baby, let me pick you up and, you know, doing all gross things that cis white men do <laughs> would you say it's fair to assume that that x person would then adapt those behaviors and be like wow okay so this is what it's like this is what it means to be a man i need to act like this to be accepted and to be one of the guys i can't act nice and feminine and be so a, a good person I, because that's too that's too girly <laughs> 
I feel like this, um, we could relate this back to assimilation. And I don't want to say that trans men figuring out what it means to be a man is the same as, you know, like Native Americans <clears throat> assimilating to white culture. Because it's not that severe, mm-hmm. but it is the same thing. It's the same thing with trans women becoming hyper feminine in order to feel valid and to not be ostracized for not being woman enough. And oh, I had this I had this friend once who were, was trying to argue that trans women are misogynistic for reinforcing sexist standards on women. But we'll get we'll get back into that because disclosure yeah, does kind I'm, of mention I'm, I'm that. I'm here for that conversation. Um, I have my own thoughts on that one. <laughs> yeah, I have words. Um, but I I think that every trans person goes through an assimilation journey. Because when I first transitioned, I think I think Max's transition was obviously exaggerated, and I think it painted a toxic picture of trans people, of trans men specifically. But there, there's a sense of the writers pushing the testosterone to make him do things. But then there's also Max like grabbing Jenny's arm and being really aggressive and saying, "Well, you're my girlfriend. This is my party, and you're gonna dance with me, bitch." I feel As, like, uh, like the he, writers in general, we all just go through this uneducated and spun the wrong narrative. Just wanted to throw that out there real fast. Oh, for sure. I can guarantee you there was not no, a fucking trans person. No, probably like, hey, Google, like, what are down. signs there and never symptoms is. of using testosterone? <laughs> Anger, aggression. <laughs> Fuck it. We got we got a plot line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I think we all. I don't know a lot of trans people. Let me let me put that out there. Right now, I I know more trans people now than I ever have, but that still doesn't mean that I know a lot of trans people, at least comparatively to my cis Agreed. my cis friends. But, and I know personally no trans men specifically that I talk to regularly or hang out with. Um, I've spoken with a couple over time, but I am not close with any other trans man. So I'm speaking from my own experience in that sense. For me. When I first transitioned, I was transitioning into what I thought it meant to be a man. Now I have transitioned into the man I know I was supposed to be. Can we just fucking slow clap and for that I statement? That <laughs> because that should be the fucking well, caption of this entire podcast. Right there, that is literally the best statement <laughs> I've ever heard you say. Fuck words are hard, man. This is... Oh my god. That <laughs> That was easy. Where's I'm my staples? That was easy button. <laughs> okay. Just slow clap, round of applause. Oh, well, I think <laughs> there's the con because I think what I thought a man was supposed to be was the epitome of toxic masculinity. And I think a lot of trans men in the beginning of their transition, especially if they're not on testosterone, they can't get testosterone or they have bodies which don't allow them to pass to cis people very easily and like they can't afford binders or their voice is particularly high and their voice that's training doesn't work very well 10 times like, more toxic that's when right it 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 can i'm not saying every time it does but when you're desperate 
to be validated as who you know you are on the inside. And the only way people are going to respect that is if you present a toxic masculinity. The only way they're going to identify you as being masculine is if you punch them, punch them in the face. Like I understand where that comes from because I was there. But as you become more comfortable in your identity, and yes, that comes with the privilege of passing. Like I am fully aware of that. Like whenever I tell someone I'm trans, they're like, "Wow, I had no idea," and I'm like. boobies it's like in in the documentary all the trans men in media like instead of having a conversation they're just like tits i got tits okay but can i just i know plenty of Um, men that have bigger tits than i do and you know and i'm talking cis men i'm jealous okay yeah well my baby took them all away. I thought it was interesting. They had the one trans woman in Nip Tuck play a trans man in the show. How? And they had her transition from a woman into a man. And I was like, literally, how the fuck? The, I can only imagine the I can't she took that role. she must have needed afterwards. That's almost like... Like, if I had to play a part where I transitioned into a woman, I no, would not be able, be able to, to. I'm sorry. Like, I am still, that, to this day, like not asking, comfortable enough to do that. Um, and trigger warning here. That's almost like asking rape victims that, let's say, hypothetically, this big rape victim, a huge fucking case that we got national news. They just so happen to make a yeah. lifetime. Yeah, they, they made, like, they made a lifetime documentary about it. And they wanted the exact same victim to reenact it. Like, can, who thought this was a good idea? Yeah. I I've thought about that too because um I remember me and my dad talking about it because in Orange is the New Black they actually had yes. Laverne Cox's brother play right, right. her pre-transition instead of asking her to dress as a man to play herself pre-transition. And I'm not I, I honestly think that that kind of thing is a, a case-by-case basis, and it depends Fair. on the trans person you're working with. And if they will be I, – because, I mean, also the assumption that every trans person was the stereotypical idea of their gender before they transitioned is also – wrong too because it's like i w- i was never feminine i've been a tr- i've been i almost said a <laughs> trans man my whole pretty life close. Well, technically yes but i've been a tomboy i was a tomboy much mm-hmm. longer than i've been a trans man i've been a tom i didn't want to wear dresses before i could even talk i was i was getting out of girly things i was telling my parents when i first could talk that i where where is my where's my Penis, basically. Like, uh, why don't I have a penis? And my dad would be like, because you're a girl. And I'd be like, but I'm a boy. And so I've known this my whole life, which makes me have so many questions about, like, what makes trans people trans in the brain? Like, because it, it is almost like having a, like a phantom limb. Like, I go to look down for my penis, oh but my I God. have no pee-pee. I have no penis. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I need to be blessed after this conversation. (laughs) Um. Oh wait, so so you have seen (laughs) boys don't cry? Okay, so let me just um, let me just clarify. I I have seen boys don't cry specifically 
because I am just, I don't know, I just have a very weird crush on um, Hillary Swank. But, um... <laughs> Honestly, as I a, just, as a like, if she transitioned, So, when I so first hot. saw Boys Don't Cry, it was easily, easily close to 10 years ago. Um, it was one of those movies that I just watched in a series of binging lesbian movies on Netflix. <laughs> so... I'm not gonna be. Sorry, I'm trying to find the Percent um, fluid about what happens in the movie. I definitely need a refresher on that one. But yes, the general premise of the show no, I, is or the movie is pretty uh, intense. No, you're fine because well, I only it's know of it what I saw in the in disclosure, but from what I saw. Yeah, it looked like at first it was very, um, I don't want to say it was all Mm -hmm. inaccurate, because I, I, apparently it was based on a true story, um, but the part before the rape scene that they were talking about, which I am going to put a trigger warning in the beginning of the podcast, um, for rape, um, and in the description, but... Where they force her to take her pants, they force the trans man to take her pants, take his pants off. Sorry, I keep thinking of Hillary Swank, and they force his girlfriend to look at his genitals. That right there is literally every single time I think about dating a girl specifically. I think about that moment when we go to have sex and she sees my genitals, and I think. Oh my God, I'm so disgusting. That is the first thought I have every single time I think about it. And it's not what I actually believe about myself, but it's something that's been so ingrained in me. And I never realized it by, I mean, like the one episode of Family Guy where Brian accidentally sleeps with Quagmire's trans mother and he throws up for a good five minutes straight. Like, no wonder I think I'm disgusting. It's because everyone else makes me feel like I'm disgusting. Everything in media makes me feel like I'm disgusting. And when I saw Sense8, and the first time they introduced Nomi, she's having sex naked with her lesbian lover, and it's pure joy and love, and it's unapologetic. The first opening scene for Nomi as a trans character, they literally end the scene with a wet dildo. And that is the last scene of the entire series. They end it with a wet dildo. And to me... (laughs) It, it it just it meant so much to me knowing one that a trans woman wrote that character wrote the scene that it was about a trans character and that I have never ever seen a trans person have well, positive you know, sexual thing. experiences and in the media thing. before. You know, the the sexual it, assault like, scene I literally saw that was in Boys Don't Cry is one that I feel like has been done and will continue to be done over and over again because let's be honest it, it's almost like hollywood feels that trans people and their the struggles that they have to go through is entertainment for us to watch like a it's almost like you know people have their serial killer guilty pleasures you know they like to watch the, the crazy shit that happens it's almost like 
ooh, give me more, give me more. This yeah. trans character is struggling really hard and being assaulted. Ooh, this is great entertainment. But that's not the thing. Like, Right, it's like, it's so they, they don't far from it. them, and, that's and they're the, so you know, separate the, the from boys it, don't cry that it where is just he's basically fucking beaten the hell up within an inch of his life and then assaulted like that. I mean, we've seen similar things, obviously not to that extreme, but... I don't know if you recall this, but um, in the later seasons of Degrassi, they had a, a trans character, Adam, who appeared. And he had a crush on this girl who was in his, I think it was a dance group or whatever, school club. And a substitute teacher comes in one day, is reading off the uh, the attendance list. Everyone says here, and then they accidentally say they're... Um, pre-transition name instead of Adam so then basically outs Adam as a trans guy to this entire right. class that had no idea by calling him his his pre-name and um that's when the girl who he had a crush on was like wait so you're a girl and then fucking rips his shirt open exposing him to the entire fucking Bro. school in the middle of the hallway and like get away from me and it's just like why are trans guys or just trans people why are their traumas subjected to being cheap entertainment well and that's the thing too it's like laverne cox mentioned that and so did jamie clayton it was why are these the narratives that keep getting told over and over again why are these the narratives that writers write, that producers produce, that directors direct, I'm gonna that say Hollywood again. keeps releasing? I'm bored. Like, there is such a long chain of command mm-hmm. that this goes through, and no trans people are ever fucking involved. These are traumatizing trans stories, not written for the benefit of trans people. They're written for... It, it's like, I think that showing rape, explicit rape in movies and shows does not need to be a thing because 99% of the time it's not written by a rape victim. It's not written for a rape victim. Entertaining and, and scary. No rape victim Ooh, can benefit from watching rape. Better hope this doesn't happen to you when you're sitting right. on your couch in your nice comfy home and surrounded by, you know, people you love. And it's just like, no one's making these movies for you, Karen. That's what it is. They're making them for Karens. We have yeah. solved I mean, that's the mystery. The, that's the thing. I, I just... I, <laughs> fucking Karens. I just... I also... I think... I don't want to make a blank, blanket statement and say that no, mm-hmm. ri- no rape victims can benefit from watching rape on television. Like, I feel like that's a pretty strong statement to make because I am not every person who's ever, ever been raped. And I think I mean, I guess sometimes if you thing, like, but, I mean, maybe if you don't realize that you've been raped and then you watch what happened to you happen on television and then they classify it as rape, maybe that could be beneficial to you. But would you, if you what, didn't what know, you would you want to know? You. But what you don't know, you know, we'll also like, find ways to come up and f- present itself across your life. Yeah, for sure. Like if, you know, you were pregnant out of nowhere and you're like, I'm a virgin. I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) But Jane the virgin. No. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I just I I didn't mean to like bring this podcast into rape territory. And we've Honestly, I've said that word a lot. Honestly, it's one of those topics that like needed to be discussed. And now that it has, we can but brush it our just hands does and not... move on. Well, I would just like to end it with saying, if it sits wrong with you that almost every trans narrative and everything involves some type of sexual assault or rape, obviously that shit happens in the real world. But it is not every trans person's everyday life. So maybe start showing some positive things about trans people. Our lives are not like buried in despair 24 fucking 7. I think that's another thing that I've noticed about a lot of trans media is that we're always just so sad and depressed. Like, yeah, I have bipolar disorder. Yeah, I struggle with depression and anxiety. But like, for the most part, I'm having a good time. I go out with my friends and I party and I drink and like some, a lot of trans people have one night stands and like they live perfectly quote unquote normal lives like cis people do, but that's never shown because that's not interesting because you don't explicitly know that this character is trans. And first of all, it's none of your fucking business. Like, and the I'm sure last there are more trans people that I've seen in media that I don't even realize that are out. trans. When- yeah. <laughs> Like, where okay, where's cool. the narrative where someone says yeah, like, I'm trans and they're like, like oh, okay, cool, you want to like, go get burgers? <laughs> like, can I just While get one show the, that does that? Uh, the old, that oh God. subject, just yeah. end it with wow. a, um, if you or a loved one has ever struggled with sexual assault or rape or anything and need somebody to talk to, you should definitely reach out to the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline which I'm sure Will can put the number in the description. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, there's also a, <clears throat> a LGBTQIA-specific hotline, if I'm not mistaken, which I'll also have to look up, and I'll put that down in the description. Um, we're, I, this is, like, the first time I filmed the podcast that's actually oh an hour God. long. We're, oh like, God. at 55 minutes right now. I'm, I'm in Let's shock. Let's go off and play games. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Also, um, well, <laughs> the first thing I wanted to say was thank you so here. much I've for coming on my podcast, Lynn. I really appreciate it. Um, I had a lot of Let fun. Let me out of the basement. <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about disclosure for a while, and um, this was really fun. And if you guys have not heard already, my podcast is officially on Spotify, and I'm really excited about that. This is going to be the first podcast to be uploaded to Spotify. Um, Well, not the first one, but it's going to be like the first one that I've recorded since I got Words Are Hard on Spotify. So um, you can check out new episodes every day on YouTube on Wednesdays. So I don't know if I told anyone this, but the reason that I chose... Wednesdays is because Jenna Marbles left the internet, and I decided that since she's not going to be putting videos on Wednesdays anymore, I will start putting videos up on Wednesdays, just so that I can feel less empty inside. (laughs) (laughs) I will never claim to be a replacement for that, honey. (laughs) She is more than the internet ever fucking deserved, so it just gives me something to do on Wednesdays now. (laughs) <laughs> something to look forward to we all need a little bit of happiness in these trying gone. times um, 
Yeah. And you can also follow me on Instagram, okay, but, like, I'm trying. And uh, I don't even know if I just said my Instagram handle right. <laughs> I think I just got it wrong. I'll have all this stuff linked down in the description below. Um, but until Bye. next week, I guess this is goodbye. Bye. So have a great have a great week, guys. Bye. <laughs>